When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's James taking you through this episode of the pod. And a big hello first of all to the listeners in Brazil, Canada and South Africa. Thank you for tuning in and taking us to number one in those particular countries. The Cricket Badger Podcast over the last few weeks of lockdown, as you know I've been churning them out left, right and centre and people have been listening to them. Thank you very much indeed for that. I had some great guests on over the last few weeks. If you're just new to the podcast, if you're just tuning in for the first time on whatever platform you're on, then have a little bit of a scan back because there's plenty of good podcast content out there. Delve into the Cricket Badger archive. Thanks to tvsportsblog.com for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. Give them a follow on Twitter as well, at tvsportsblog. And on this edition of the Cricket Badger podcast, I welcome... Former England, former Leicestershire Kent, wicketkeeper batsman Paul Nixon. He's the current head coach at Leicestershire CCC. And I have to admit, I first phoned up Paul to ask him if he wanted to come on the Cricket Badger podcast to throw the 20 questions at him and to talk about his life in cricket. But you may have noticed there's a certain thing called COVID-19 around that is halting the progress of English county cricket, halting the progress of everything around the world, isn't it, really? And I started off by talking to Paul about the challenges that Leicestershire face at the moment, academy players, players in their last years of contract, how they're dealing with it behind the scenes, what chance of cricket behind closed doors. Will we see England West Indies? Will we see England Pakistan? Will we see the T20 Blast being played this summer? And we kind of got on a bit of a roll with that. Every time Paul answered the question, I had two more questions in my head. There are more questions than answers in a lot of things around COVID-19 at the moment, which makes 
interview is quite easy for me, less easy for Paul to answer the questions, but I think he answered them brilliantly. And if you're tuning in and you're thinking, well, I don't really care about Leicestershire CCC, I'm a fan of a different county or I live in a different country. I think the issues that we talk about in this podcast, they translate certainly across the other 17 counties in England and probably through cricket around the world. Each club has got its own challenges. Each club is having to deal with a completely unique and horrible situation in sport. And I think you'll agree as you listen to this Cricket Badger podcast that Paul answers the questions brilliantly gives as much information as as he's able to at the moment and we also towards the end of the conversation we took a little bit more about Leicestershire and their position in the 18 county structure in English domestic cricket is it under threat are they financially viable going into 2021 and Paul used to coach the Jamaica Talawas and we have a little bit of a conversation as well about Chris Gale he's an enigmatic flamboyant cricketer hard-hitting batsman who has always appealed to me and I wanted to know a little bit about what Chris Gale's like if you're the head coach of a franchise how do you deal with somebody as big as Chris Gale in the game? If we never got to any of the 20 questions, we just talk about all of the stuff I've just mentioned and a little bit more besides. So stay tuned. It's a cracking interview with Paul Nixon and it was great to have him on this edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's that Badger style. Paul Nixon, welcome to the Cricket Badger Podcast. You always strike me as somebody that's actually quite active. You like to get involved in stuff. You like to be busying around. And this lockdown period must be quite alien to you. You must be finding it quite difficult, I would have thought. Um, yeah, I'm always busy. I enjoy being busy. I enjoy my mind being active and all the various things I'm involved with. But, uh, you know, primarily it's making sure that our players are well and safe in these these uncertain times. And, you know, we've got our plans in place. We were going to be going to Desert Springs in Almira in Spain to have a pre-season camp. Uh, that got cancelled last minute. And uh, it's a case of getting everybody ready to be furloughed. Everybody's got their plans, their fitness plans to take them forward for, for a couple of months or so. You know, everybody's got their, you know, nutrition and, um, you know, making sure everybody's in contact with psychologists if they need it. And just, you know, they've got to go and drive their own their own destiny over the next few weeks. So there's always something to do. There's a lot going on with ECB and with our new CEO who's coming in play, Sean Jarvis. So getting to know Sean and, uh, and each other. And uh, yeah, it's been surprisingly busy. You've been involved in cricket since you were near to a grasshopper. So, and usually every season... It has different results, but every season kind of follows the same path, doesn't it? So how hard was it when COVID struck and you had to suddenly, everything went up in the air and you had to suddenly get a new kind of strategy going to look after your players and things? Because that's something that you've never had to deal with before, isn't it? No, that's right. Generally, you've got a lot more time to plan and prepare. Um, you, you do your, you know, after the summer, you do our the reviews, you do the appraisals with the lads. Um, some go away, some don't. You're speaking to the lads who are, who are abroad. Um, you know, every so couple of weeks, just to make sure everybody's all right. Um, now, obviously, it's a bit easier with social media, which is which was good. And then the, the guys who are at home are working through their plans from from the likes of Tommy Taylor getting back from a, a from a back stress fracture to you know Colin Ackerman who wants to work on his batting and really immerse himself in his technique, get himself you know get some good systems in place and just getting consistent again with it, with all his movements and. Uh, Hopefully, you can inspire Leicestershire moving forward. So, you know, everybody's got something to do. It's all of a sudden got, we had to embrace chaos for, for 10 days or so. Uh, the whole club, from uh, people who look after the ground to Dan, our cricket liaison officer, who um, has been brilliant. You know, a lot of meetings, a lot of minutes of meetings, a lot of chats with ECB, a lot of chats with the Professional Cricket Association. But, um, you know what, it, it, it helps us because it's, it's a new skill set we've got to learn and it's a new uh, a new challenge for us. And um, 
you know, Zoom calls and Microsoft Teams and FaceTime and WhatsApps. You know, it's been it's been great. You know, everybody's bought into what what we're about. Um, learning the the word furlough and and what it means and the implications of it. Working with the government with all the various legislation to make sure that a people are safe and their families are safe. And B, we're doing the right things and adhering to the right to the right rules. So, um, yeah, just creating a bit of order, getting the order back after after that sort of chaos for a little while. But um, yeah, I think we've done it. We're in a good place as a, as a club. The guys are have been doing some brilliant times, some brilliant running times. Uh, if nothing's happened, our our running times have been amazing. So we've had a, a big push this winter on athleticism and our movement skills. Oh, but I'm really pleased. We we were in a good place, ready to do really well in the. In the, uh, in the for our season in both red ball and white ball but um, at the moment it's probably looking more like white ball uh, and our primary focus is, is looking at that again now I had Mark Cosgrove on the Cricket Badger podcast I spoke to him yesterday we had a, a little bit of a chat about the fact that he's around what's he 35, 36 now so obviously if, if yeah. he has to take a year out of cricket that's potentially a year closer to retirement kind of thing at his age you talk about Tommy Taylor coming back from a stress fracture some people will be in a situation where yeah, having extra time to rehabilitate isn't a bad thing, but other people will be absolutely champing at the bit to get going. And it, it, it literally was the starting line for the season when it, uh, it it all kicked off, wasn't it? Sure was, yeah. I mean, the guys I feel for, yeah, you know, two A, the guys who are coming towards the end of their careers and the young kids who are starting, you know, we've got young kids in our academy who are, who are just desperate to be a professional and they've got a limited time to shine. They've got a limited amount of cricket that's going on at that age group. And um, for those kids, not to play cricket, you know, we, we may have some guys this year if we only play white ball cricket who could be furloughed right to the end of the season. Yeah. And I think back to, you know, I'm a player, yourself as a young kid, you know, people out there, people listening to this, that would devastate me not to be able to play cricket competitively. There's a chance that that could happen and crikey me, you know, it would just oh, be devastating because you just want it and care and so passionate for the game and for your players and your mates and your teammates. Um, get that competitive spirit going, get those juices flowing. That's what it's about. So, and testing yourself. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's we have to we have to look at the big picture. There's a big picture. We've been led by some good people. The nice thing was being on a call yesterday with all the directors of cricket, Professor Nick Pierce, who's heading up the ECB's sort of medical department, an outstanding guy, and they've been liaising with NFL. NBA, Aussie rules, football, baseball, you name it. The rugby codes, they've all come together and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're leading the way. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with, with English cricket, with England over the next few weeks. Um, they've got their various strategies in place, different phases to, to take, take them through to hopefully play if all goes well with the West Indies as well and Pakistan. Uh, still a long way to go, but they're doing everything they can and I think That'll put us in good stead if that goes well to hopefully get some cricket. Uh, who knows? Maybe late August time. You go, going back to the the youngsters in the academy. I mean, it's it's a long time since I was kind of sixteen years old. I struggle to remember it. But the <laughs> when you are that age, everything's really important. Every month is yeah, it's vital, isn't it? Because you feel it's going to have such a big impact on you. But in in their situation, it potentially is. I mean, you probably don't know the answer to this yet, but. If somebody is in the last year of the academy, this was their chance to shine and, and to maybe get a professional contract. What, what what are you going to do with guys like that who you know are going to potentially miss out on the opportunity to score runs, take wickets, and impress you? Yeah, it's something that we've you know we've flagged up um, at the start of this whole process because especially young you know small clubs like ourselves, our youngsters are really important to us. We want to 
invest in our youth. They've gone through the system and we put a lot of man hours in and they've committed a lot. Their families have committed a lot. So, you know, we owe them opportunity. That's, that's, that's what we're about. And um, especially us as a club at Leicestershire, we can't afford to just go out to the marketplace and buy big expensive players consistently. We can do it occasionally, but not consistently. And um, we've got to bring our own on. That's part of our club strategy over the next five years minimum. For us, we, we're, we're pushing with Professional Cricket Association and ECB. We, we're most of the director of cricket in the same mindset that we try and default it a year. So we take that academy age group up to sort of more like 19, yeah. uh, which, would, which would really help. And it makes more sense, if I'm honest. It makes more sense anyway to have the guys at 19. So they, they come out of school, they have minimum a year to really give it a good go. And in a year, we'll know as coaches and strength and conditioning coaches and psychologists will know if those players are robust enough, want it enough, are in a good physical condition to go through the rigors of county cricket because, you know, it's it's hard work if you're bowling four, five, six hundred overs a year, you're doing a lot of miles in the field, you're wicket keeping doing two thousand squats a week minimum, you know, it, it, you know, running four miles a day. It's 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 vigorous and it's tough and, you know, it gives those youngsters a chance to be to put themselves in the in the right place for it. So a year would be ideal for us all, yeah. You need that as well, don't you? I mean, sometimes with a with a youngster coming through, I mean, you, you you only take on a fairly small percentage of the people in your academy anyway, don't you? But it, it might be one afternoon yeah. where you see something in somebody, and it it's often the mental side or the toughness or the fight that they show, isn't it? That it excites you rather than the the, the, the talent because they are all talented to get into the academy in the first place. But it might be just a a gutsy fifty. You can see something in them that just strikes a chord and thinks, oh, they've got a bit of a future. But you, you're not going to get that opportunity, mm. are you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, who's who can take that responsibility at the right time and just, you know, competitively get their team over the line and, you know, who inspires at the right time, who's stable under pressure, all those things that, you know, that, that we'll look at. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's tough for these kids nowadays because, you know, years ago, I know certainly when I started in the late 80s, early 90s, you were almost given four or five years to learn your trade and make your mistakes, learn from your mistakes. And it was a much calmer environment as far as you you knew you had time on your hands. Where now, I think because of the amount of money that ECB pump into the game that comes down from huge TV deals generally and, and, and good, you know, when England are doing well, there's a lot of support. 2020 has brought good money in and now the hundreds brought good money into our game. Everything's more cutthroat. Everything's more here and now. There's less time for guys to learn their games. And that's where, you know, we try and, certainly we at Leicestershire, we try and, you know, maximize our resources we make sure that all our you know myself head coach tom smith assistant coach in the past matt mason john sadler who've now gone to different clubs and matt's gone abroad to australia back home to australia you know we we make sure that you know we work with the best talent the best coaches and the top coaches are working with the best talent uh, throughout our pathway and we've you know we've invested a lot in our foundations um ali maiden who's come from england ladies who's uh, an outstanding coach, who's heading up our pathway. We've got Philip DeFreitas involved, ex-England legend. We've got Paul Johnson involved, ex Knox legend. Jigga Nike, who's our spin bowling coach. There's myself doing it. Tom Smith, ex-captain of Lancashire, an all-rounder. You know, we've got Dips Patel, who's been to our system, uh, who's been at the club and coached for many, many years. So we've got some really good people who are immersing themselves um, with our young talent. And, um, you know, we've got to make sure that we bring those on. It's been, we've had a tough journey um, on and off the field over the last few years, but now moving forward, we've got, you know, some real good bedrock foundations in place that, 
we're only going to go one way. The Cricket Badger Podcast is brought to you in association with tvsportsblog.com. Give them a follow on Twitter at tvsportsblog. Excellent sporting content. It's well worth a look and give them a follow on Twitter at TV Sports Blog. How do you see this summer? I mean, I, I wrote a piece on my uh, my website this morning. Actually, I got up early. I'm, strangely enough, I'm getting up really early during lockdown. I don't know why. But the um, I wrote a piece about the potential for the West Indies to come over, and they're talking about a bio bubble, aren't they? Where the West Indies have to come over, quarantine for yeah. two weeks, then they practice, then they play the test matches, but don't actually go out of that little bubble. That, that's a massive mental challenge for the players. But and and you worry about. Yeah, the risks around all of that. But ultimately, cricket is a business and they need the money, don't they? So it's a tough task that the, the authorities have. Yeah, there's been there's been several hundred million slid out of our pockets, unfortunately, within our game at the moment. And there's, there's, there's a big series coming up. That West Indies is a big series. To be fair, when, when, you're, when you're playing and you're, you're away in a series, I know certainly when I was in Australia from January onwards and then the World Cup uh, back in 2007, you're in that bubble anyway. So good teams, I think, create that bubble uh, and individuals, you know, within that team always give to the team and it's about the team and it's not the selfishness. And There is a difference, though, isn't it? There is a difference that you can go out for a meal with a couple of teammates and you can go and see a tourist attraction mm. or you can go down the beach or something, whereas the, the West Indian guys aren't going to get that, are they? Yeah, no, it's going to be very different, very different. But this is where characters come in and this is where, you know, people who can show the resilience and, and it's, You've got to care for your teammates a bit, and you've got to be a bit more in the big brother house, which is which affects what it is. Yeah. So um, they know the importance of it for world cricket as well as international cricket. You know, guys at that level, you know, it's worth a lot of money for them as well as individuals to play and do well in those competitions. The, the, the world's watching. Um, you know, there's nothing happening anywhere else in the world. So you know, we're going to get massive TV audiences globally, which would be amazing. Uh, and great for it to showcase our game and the West Indies game. And we all want a good West Indies team as well because, you know, they were so dominant in sort of 70s, 80s. Uh, they were they were a different level. So, you know, we, we're desperate for a good West Indies team coming back and, and those those guys have got big responsibility. And I'm sure Johnny Graves, who heads up their West Indies cricket, and Jimmy Adams, you know, they're guys that have been over to England. They'll know, you know, spent a lot of time in England, Jimmy as a player and as a coach. Johnny Grave uh, ran the um, commercial department at the Professional Cricket Association for many, many years. And, I, and he was at Surrey for many years. He was about close to 20 years in county cricket. So those guys, they understand the protocols. They understand how well they'll be looked after. They understand the dangers. Listen to Professor Nick Pierce yesterday uh, on, our, on our conference call with uh, all the directors of cricket. You know, the odds, the odds of, you know, when, we, when the guys are all together, and they're living in that sort of bio bubble. Um, you know, the odds are dramatically low of, of getting COVID. And people sort of around 25 years old, there's there's a seven. I think there's 17 million people are about 25 or under 25. There's about 20 cases, and those 20 were all people who had under underlying health issues. So you know, we have to be careful. Of course we do, and it's a, a process. But you know, being outside in the fresh air. And as long as they're careful, then they should be in a in a very safe environment. I was thinking about the the West Indies England thing, and you know, it's not just the squads and the and the coaches, and they'll probably have to bring more players as well, won't they? Because they're going to have to play into into squad friendlies to get themselves warmed up. But 
it's the hotel stuff, isn't it? It's the admin stuff, it's the ground mm-hmm. stuff. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people involved in that. And then that's before you even consider the media and the cameramen and, and everybody else that's going to be inside of that kind of environment inside the ground. That, that seemed to me to be a lot of players. But obviously, as an international, as a, as a couple of or two or three test matches, I can see how that could be managed. When you start thinking about county cricket, and then you multiply that by 18 counties. That's an awful lot of people then involved in that. If you if you have to quarantine every single one of 18 counties plus all of the add-on people around the game, do you think that's possible mm. for a blast this year? Um, well, if you look at, you're right about the numbers and the, and, you know, it's incredible the amount of people that come into a cricket ground. I know that when we play on Sky, our Sky games, the miles and miles of cable that get threaded through each ground yeah. is unbelievable. The amount of uh, guys, the amount of lorries, trucks full of kit, you know, it's like a, a Grand Prix. You know, that, that it, it's bonkers, it really is. But, you know, you look at the Premiership football, they were talking about, even with the money that they have in the Premier League, they were talking about eight venues. So, and, and, if, and if football takes place, then amazing. I don't think it will, purely because of the contact sport uh, at this stage. But with all their money, they were talking about eight venues. So, you know, Reading between the lines, I'm thinking that we'll be on eight venues or less to do that. I think I actually spoke to our guys the other day and I, and I said, just get your heads around. If we do play, we might be playing our games at Trent Bridge. We might be in, there might be, ECB might set X amount of grounds up around the country that are within a certain travel distance time of everyone. And you're based there and, and that's where you're going to play your games from. You know, we could. Leicester to Nottingham is 35, 40 minutes door to door to Trent Bridge and, you know, play there and come and, and come back home in the evening. That that could work. It's going to be, you know, the use of the hotels are going to be going to be very interesting around the circuit. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it might be tougher than others. You know, the, the lads in Glamorgan, it could be tougher, obviously. But um, yeah, let's, let's see what we can come up with. But I think it, it's, they're going to learn a lot from, from England. We'll have to be patient and see what happens with that. Um, but, um, you know, they'll reflect on all, uh, all the time they'll be reflecting and um, fact-finding. And, uh, you know, it'll hopefully, fingers crossed, put us in a better place and uh, we can be uh, get things going, hopefully, August time, fingers crossed. Everybody wants to see cricket back. And every, every time I think about it, Paul, I, I have a different kind of inkling really one day I'm thinking that can't happen it just I just can't see it going and the 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 next day I'm thinking well it has to and you know you're kind of thinking if we wait for a vaccine which may never come you know some some viruses never get a vaccine we may be stuck with COVID-19 forever you know who who knows so sport has to think Mm. of a way doesn't it has to find a way yeah I think it's certainly going to change I think it's certainly going to change um you know the the amount of um you know the amount of logistics that are changing now within within our ground. Never mind a lot of others. Um, you know, I've heard that in our offices now it's only there's a one-way system because of corridors and uh, there's certain shields up in certain places. And if you think of a cricket ground, I know that that, that for instance, an example, Stuart Broad's going into Trent Bridge soon to have a bowl. He's just gonna he's gonna drive straight into Trent Bridge. He's gonna go straight around to the net area park up behind the net, walk out of his car, do his own stretch. Meanwhile, the physio will be in full PPE kit and, and Peter Moores is his coach or, or probably Kevin Shine, the bowling coach, will just, just be watching him. He'll probably have his own ball or he'll be given a, a brand new ball and that'll be his ball that only he'll touch for, a, for quite a few days. 
and then eventually, hopefully, the phase two it will be a batter coming in there to play. And again, it'll be limited contact. It'll be you know there'll be social distancing. The coaches will be social distancing, and um, you know it'll be very strict until they're in that bio bubble and they can all start to come together. Um, and I would have thought there'll be a quite a bigger squad, probably around thirty. I'd have thought of, uh, of interest, you know, players that they're looking at, people on the on the on the sort of fringe, and um, yeah, and they'll be they'll be getting some some internal practice together moving forward. I was talking to Phil Salt the other day, the Sussex opener, and he and we were saying it's a bit like being in a feature film and listening to you talking about Stuart Broad bowling and, and somebody next to him in PPE kit and stuff like that. It's horrible, isn't it? It really is. And we, you know, just a couple of months ago, we never thought we'd be in this situation. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? It is. Um, but it's you know, it's going to be a stay for, for the foreseeable future and we have to adapt and adjust and the best people that can be, you know, that can get, you know, their plans in place and, and get good systems in place and create that consistency and the stable environments, they're going to do well because it's these times that a bit of panic can set in, keeping calm and, you know, doing the right thing. It'll be amazing how inspiring it is and, and how the competitive juices will flow in the right time and we'll be, you know, England will be driving ahead hopefully and, and, and cricket will be back strong. TV deals will be flowing again. Who knows what will happen down the line with World Cups and IPLs and um, whether or not they'll happen or whether they'll be put back or not. Time will tell. But um, yeah, you know, it, 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 we've just got to be we've just got to be smart. We've just got to plan more. There's been a lot of planning done. We've just got to make sure that we keep ahead of the game and we keep the, the key is that all the stakeholders want to play cricket. That's the main thing. If you think about cricket compared to football or rugby, you know, we're, we're non-contact. Um, the closest anybody gets is probably running past an umpire as a bowler and as a and as a and as a keeper standing up to the stumps to a to a spinner or a medium pacer. You're sort of a probably a meter and a half away to to the to the, to the batsman. So yeah, it, it's mini, it's minimal, but it's again those it, those areas around the hotel. That's where you know everybody has to be so careful and systems have to be world class. The problem at the back of my mind in all this, and I desperately want it to, to see it happen because I, I want to watch cricket and I, was, I want to earn money again. I mean, you have the bottom line, selfishly. Um, yeah. But the, yeah. yeah, it only needs one person to start coughing and showing symptoms, doesn't it? And the whole tournament suddenly starts to look in peril. That, you know, if it will get to day three yeah. of a test match and if, if suddenly one team develops symptoms, then potentially the series is off and you could go through all of these hoops and all of these preparations one person gets it and everything is in question. Yeah, it's um, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, you know, I think most grounds are like ours. You know, we've got from from the ground staff who are normally together, they're in separate groups so that if one guy, anybody goes down in one group, the other group's there as well, um, sharing their time. You know, there's going to be temperature checks. I know they're going to be checking everybody's temperature as soon as they can. There's going to be nasal swabs uh, happening you know, consistently to make sure that, you know, they pick up any 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 symptoms straight away and uh, eliminate that. And obviously it's going to be the player's choice to play. You know, nobody's nobody's going to be forced either. That's important to know that, you know, there'll be some, I would have thought, uh, letter of consent or, you know, some sort of uh, agreement that, that players sign because, you know, it's a personal choice to, to, to do this at, this at this strange time. So, you know, there'll be no stolen and turned to, to make sure that people's mindsets are in a good place. Physically, they're ready, you know, to bowl a cricket ball in a test match. 
is a lot tougher with the overs on your and, and the stress that goes through your spine for stress fractures um, on these hard surfaces again. So, you know, England have been fantastic. They've got about seven weeks. They're looking at like a pre-camp for 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 the games, um, for, the, for the test matches. So, bowlers have got to get up to about 50 overs minimum uh, a week um, in their prep. So, where for instance, for us guys in the white ball and T20 especially, you've only got to get to 15 or 20. So that's much quicker. That's a, a four-week, five-week turnaround. Where test crickets, you know, you need minimum sort of six, seven weeks. So um, that which is very sensible because if you try and do too much too soon, that's when real problems start. And that's where, you know, we as a club at Leicestershire, and I'm sure other clubs were doing it as well, we've already, you know, got guys, wherever they can bowl, they're, they're bowling. Obviously, have to wait until the right the right cricket grounds, et cetera, open. But I think that'll be very soon. You know, golf courses are opening up now. So wherever somebody can get a net up and bowlers can start going through their actions, getting some, some loading going through their bodies, then uh, it's going to put them in good stead. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. The listeners are going up every single week through COVID-19. Hopefully, we're giving you a little bit of entertainment to take you away from the troubles in the world. Thank you very much for listening. Loads of great guests planned for the next few weeks as well. So stay tuned to Cricket Badger podcast. Like, subscribe. Thank you so much for your support of the Cricket Badger podcast. You'll have had lots of different types of people on your squad. There'll be some people like me living in a one-bedroom flat with little access to outside. You'll have people with big gardens who are probably able to do quite a bit of stuff. So you've had quite a lot to cope with in terms of trying to tailor your your operation to the different types of people and the different types of environment they're living in at the moment. Yeah, and, and, the, and the physicality of it all because it was all it all happened so quickly, and grounds got closed down very quickly. Um, there's there's only a few of our guys who've got, you know, good gyms at home that they can do their specific technical, um, you know, get their physicality done properly because, you know, every, every, you know, wiki keepers need fast feet, powerful agility. So they need a little bit more weight going through their legs. Fast bowlers need some good shoulder workout. They need their hips strong, they need their back strong, um, you know, got a decent mileage in their legs. So batsmen have got a you know shoulder strength and and, and power from that coming from their legs and their good core etc. So you know it's trying to make sure that everybody's right and, and our gym is going to be open again pretty soon uh, at the ground it's going to be clean and whatnot. So I'm even thinking about popping in to there and uh, see if I can get some equipment to some of the lads uh, while we can. I'm you know I'm still working at the moment and not furloughed and just I might just go and drop it off um, at a few houses which which. Um, May help the guys. I won't expect you to to give me any names here, but have anybody has any member of your squad really been struggling with lockdown, or have they all coped with it quite well? Uh, yeah, so far we we're really happy. The guys have been, um, you know, they've really channeled their, their. They've had a lot of competitions between themselves with their with their running and their biking times, which has gone really well. Um, they've been doing two k's and they've been doing five uh, k's. Some of them have been doing um, half marathons. There's been lads doing five 1k sprints with three minutes rest um some of them have been, have been doing like a virtual cycle run once a week and there's various various distances that they do where they go online and, and they do it together so yeah the guys the guys have been in a good place um a lot of quite a few of our guys went abroad this winter which was which was good so they've you know they've had time away they feel refreshed and they're ready um but it's sort of it's the next I think it's going to be the next sort of month that's going to be the tough month because we thought there might be something and that and that hasn't 
happened now. Um, and you know, but if we can all watch England in seven or so weeks, that would be you know a massive lift yeah. for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. How would you have found, um, you know, given your, we talked at the top of the show about your busy personality and wanting to get involved, I would imagine that you liked the crowd noise you got uh, probably up on the fact that there was a, a good atmosphere in the ground. How would you have found playing behind closed doors? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's always generally between sort of 500 people and 1,000 people at most county games. T20 is buzzing, you know, it's, it's electric atmosphere, which is what you want, and that's where T20 has been so successful with the um, you know late in the evenings people have come up to work it's accessible Friday nights or over the weekend Sunday afternoons um, it's been wonderful seeing all the families in but um, yeah it's going to be different some grounds are talking about having you know the sound systems of noise being there um, yeah and you know I think hopefully TV cameras will be there uh, there'll be a big camera sorry a big um a big screen that shows all the replays etc on that, that guys look at so um you know we guys are immersed in their in their competitiveness and their routines and their you know physical and mental routines anyway so yes crowds great but it's not everything you've still you've still got that drive from within and that determination within to win games so you know it has to you know we've got to keep inspiring each other and driving each other and demanding more from each other all the time, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be different, but um, you know, it's still end of the day, it's still you know bat versus ball, and there's a lot at stake. So we'll be we'll be right up for it, and the guys are you know they're all looking forward to it now. They're all itching to play. You know, we've had some good fun nights. We've had some dressed up nights on Zoom and keeping our spirits as regular quizzes and fun going on. So you know, we, we're just ready to to see each other again. And get cracking because it, you know, it's been the longest period of time we've never done that. Um, certainly for myself, 30 years in the game, never been like this. So uh, you just, yeah, again, you just got to keep finding your way, and we'll, and we'll continue to do that. I, I saw Joffre Archer was talking about having crowd noise piped into the ground, and I, I do quite a lot of off-tube commentary, and you have that kind of like little buzz of a crowd beneath you, which is kind of a recorded thing that goes on a loop behind behind you, which is fine for most of it, but somebody takes a wicket and it stays subdued. You don't get the roars of the crowd and things like that that come with with those kind of mm. things. You can't re- you can't really replicate a crowd, even if you have some piped uh, crowd noise in there, unless somebody's there pressing a button that says "wicket applause" or something like that. You know, you, and then that's another person that has to yeah. be uh, incubated or isolated, isn't it? That's right. So it's uh, yeah, Press, pressing the wrong button at the wrong time <laughs> <laughs> could be a classic, couldn't it? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really strict. But you know. This is what we do for a living. That's what guys do for a living. You know, they're driven. We we try and make our our net sessions and and every session, everything we do, we try and make it certainly towards from from the end of January onwards. Everything we do is competitive. So we're always um, challenging our 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 physical challenges, um, our technical challenges. Everything's competitive in teams against each other with with um, guys. You know, having a coffee against somebody else, or whether it's out for dinner, or whether it's you know, we're putting something on it. Everything means something. Whatever we do, it means it. Uh, and I think that'll put us in good stead in this in this time moving forward. That actually, when it is silent in the ground, that competitive beast that's inside you has to keep has to keep coming out and has to keep driving your team forward. And um, you know, we, we can't be a passive, um, relaxed guy in these environments. We need guys with a bit more energy. We need guys who are going to give a bit more. Um, just to just to create that create the energy that sometimes 
a crowd can sometimes create. We have to create that now. Um, I think the teams that, that do that the best from ball one will be, you know, will be will be winners. It, it's gonna it's gonna put us all on a level playing field. There'll be a lot of um, at this time there's a lot of inter- there'll be a lot of insecure cricketers around because uh, I know we certainly did our appraisals and our uh, con- we've had our contract meetings. So guys know their direction. Um, where there'll be a lot of clubs that haven't done that yet, and there'll be a lot of furloughed staff that haven't that haven't had the chance to do things. So, I think we're, if I'm honest, I feel that we're in a good space, and, and we might be ahead of a lot of clubs at the moment in things that we're doing. And um, you know, we want to, we want to make sure that we hit the ground running at the right time. And um, guys, are, guys are all up for it right now. And, and you know, us as coaches, we've been communicating and making sure everybody's all right. You know, because that's all you can do for now while people are furloughed. So. Um, but the, you know, the vibe at the moment's good. So long may it continue. Every time you say something, you bring another two questions into my my head, <laughs> and that, that, that's the, that's the nature of this kind of discussion, really, isn't it? On, on something that we nobody's really dealt with before. But um, the thing you just said there about you know you've had your your appraisal meetings. If if you've had an appraisal meeting with somebody that's predominantly red ball, um, doesn't necessarily always feature in in a blast. So it's, it's potentially looking at a summer without any cricket at all. I mean, we're kind of similar kind of ground as, mm-hmm. as we talked about with the academy, and you've hinted at yeah. them, hinted to them right. It's the last year of your contract. You need to show us that you know show us what you're worth, and they're not able to do that. I mean, is is that going to be kind mm-hmm. of a similar kind of thing where you're almost going to have to give them another year to, because it's unfair not to, or you're going to you know, the budgets are going to be stretched, aren't they? So you you might have to have a reduced staff. So it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Very difficult. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's. You know, making that call, you have to bring so many factors in. You know, is that player, is that player giving us the returns that we're paying him? Can that player get better? How is the player physically um, and mentally? Has he had a long career? Is he, is he is it winding down now? Is there other priorities in his life that are taken over? Is he still driven? Does he still want to push hard? Is he still leading the fitness? You know, are his, how are his stats doing? What impact is he giving on the club? How how is he helping the other players? What does he bring holistically to our club? So you know, there's there's many factors, and I think once you've seen somebody for a few years, you you can make those decisions. Um, but you know, there's going to be you know, there's still going to be guys who who don't play any cricket this year, and that is oh, you know to think that you know in any sport, and I feel for rugby especially and and and, and football. I think there's going to be a lot more impact. I think cricket, we could be quite lucky because of our sports non-contact. I look at my football team, Carl United, and you know, I, I think you know, if next season is going to be cancelled, then how do Carlisle, how do many, many football clubs um, get through those financial times? They potentially because don't without, they? without support, yeah. without support, they don't. Yeah, without support, they don't. And to think that there be no local football clubs or rugby clubs for the public and, and, and for themselves and for the people who are working and employees within those clubs, um, you know, it doesn't bear thinking about. I, I said that, you know, there's, there's a number of different things floating around in my head. I know one thing for sure. You're the first Carlisle United fan that we've had on the Cricket Badger podcast. Hey, blue <laughs> on it. There you go. <laughs> all, all I'm thinking, Paul, is that I'm, I'm just hoping that Leeds United uh, play the last nine games and get back into the Premier League because that would. Yeah. yeah the, the, they're my team. You know, Leeds have this uh, tag of being bottlers. Oh, you, you'd throw it away, blah, 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 blah. But they, uh, yeah, they've been playing such good football. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it's, it's just a. It's, it's, there's kind of question marks over everything, aren't there, at the moment? And it's not just sport, it's every, every walk of life. Mm. People are feeling the pinch and everybody's, uh, everybody's struggling. 
Um, I was going to say Leeds, Leeds, what a football club Leeds are, aren't they? Incredible. Massive club, under so underachieved over the last few years and um, the support they've got. Wow, we wouldn't mind a little bit of their support unless you can't create club. <laughs> Leeds, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're phenomenally loyal. Bielsa's obviously getting off the off the topic totally here, but uh, Marcelo Bielsa's come across from Argentina. He's he's known to Pochettino and to all to Klopp and um, to Pep Guardiola as being kind of a bit of a guru in terms of uh, coaching. Do you, as a coach yourself, do you look across other mm. sports and look at people like Bielsa and maybe just kind of just take a little bit of what they do and try and translate it to your own environment? Um, yeah, I mean. You don't have that much time to, to, to study a lot of other coaches. Um, You've got, you got time honest, now, You've got time now. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I was on calls from 20 past eight till about half past five yesterday. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, then there's family. Then there's family, obviously, family life. And luckily, my wife's been amazing with our little daughter who was 12 a couple of days ago as well. So a birthday party to organise and Zoom calls of the school year to organise, which is good fun. Um, but... Um, yeah, we, what we what we do at Leicestershire, you know, I think individual coaches, you know, yeah, it's how you it's how you it's how you look at it and how you look at your own growth and 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 your and your people's you know and your fellow coaches' growth. So we we have a uh, a Leicester sort of sports club where we have football, cricket, rugby, basketball, and Loughborough University. We all get together every try and go every every sort of eight weeks, ten weeks. Uh, sometimes it's a bit longer, sometimes it's less. We all talk coaching and, and and talk our game and talk, you know, the challenges we have, the the, the things that, that flag up. Um, and we just talk, you know, about about our various clubs. The last the last chat we had, uh, we were at um, we went to the football club and chatted there. We've been we've had the, uh, all the guys at Leicestershire have gone to Liverpool University, and we just sort of share it around and just you know we just we just you know talk about our own clubs. We get guest speakers in at times. You know, it's wonderful to know that, that, that there is people out there. They're all going through the same um, challenges that we are. They're all, you know, determined and competitive in their own areas, but we're all inquisitive at the same time. You know, we all we all reflect on, on how we can get better and grow as, as, as clubs uh, and as codes. But it's great to see, you know, everybody being so active across the board. And, um, you know, we, we all care about about our jobs and about our people and, Taking the clubs forward in whatever we do, so it's it's just great that you know we do do that as a as a club. I've always been close with Stuart Lancaster, the ex England rugby coach. Yeah. Our group with Lank is a, is a fellow farmer's son from 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 just outside the village that we live in, uh, next door villages, and um, you know he's been he's been absolutely outstanding uh, as a coach, and he's doing a brilliant job at Leinster as well now uh, over in Ireland. It's always good to have. People who are, you know, because I was a player for many, many years, and I'm, you know, I've, I've been coaching. Yes, I coached as a player later on in my career, but uh, as, a, as a senior player, I think you should help lead and support youngsters coming through. So, um, but as a proper coach since sort of 2012, so for me, I've done nearly a decade now, and I've learned so much, and still a lot to learn. But um, you know, when you love it and you're passionate about it, you want to do well, and, you, and it, and it, and it, and first for knowledge is is a wonderful thing. Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, 
three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream. You've had first-hand experience of coaching in the Caribbean. You were in charge of the Jamaica Telewars, weren't you? In one of the Caribbean yeah. Premier League. I, I interviewed you just prior, I think, to that tournament, mm. and you're excited about going out there. You did really well. Yeah, I, I had a great time over there. I loved it. Um, it was a, a brilliant challenge, whole new vibe of T20 cricket in the West Indies. Um, I enjoyed being part of, of the whole um, uh, information gathering, getting ready for the draft. Mm. Having having your various teams picked in the draft because if you've you know if you've got six or seven franchises um, and and your last pick for instance then the team that you want to pick everybody else picks it um, <laughs> and you've got to have backup plans and backup plans and backup plans uh, which is a you know, a great challenge as a coach and, a, and as a management group so it's got an amazing vibe over there the the, the West Indian um, they call it the, the biggest party in sport which no question is. Uh, amazing competition to be part of. So many wonderful players doing so much good. The guys that come in from around the world, they come into the West Indies, they give so much to the to the to the local young West Indian lads, which is which is brilliant to see. And it, and the competition's gone from strength to strength. It really is, and it's be interesting to see this year what happens with its time frame, whether it goes back a little bit or it stays where it is. Um, you know, sort of August time through to to sort of October. Brilliant competition, full of energy. I mean, to think of that being played behind closed doors oh, it, is absolute, absolute it, chalk and cheese, isn't it? Yeah. You I know, mean, because it, it's almost why would you, you play know. it? Because it, the whole point of that yeah. is the carnival, isn't it? The whole point of mm, it. it is a carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's DJs in most stands, there's bands playing. As a player and as a coach, you can hardly hear yourself think on the sidelines because the noise is that much. You know, Sabina Park when Chris Gale gets going. There's about sixteen or seventeen thousand people. You cannot hear yourself. You can't talk to the guy next to you. It's so noisy. I, I'd, but, lo- um, I'd love for you to yeah. tell me what it's like to actually coach Chris Gale. Can you coach Chris Gale, or is he just a larger than life <laughs> kind of person who just does what he wants? No, Chris. Chris is a, is a team player. He's passionate. He's you know when you hear him speak in a team meeting, he's knowledgeable. The players is very good. Um, he's he's meticulous in knowing himself. And his movements, um, you know, he goes through routines before games of, of um, you know, of throwdowns, how he likes to prepare. And, um, you know, he gets his game he's, he's away from the cricket ground. Is, the, is, is you know, is the universe boss, he calls himself. And um, and he has his, you know, his fun, vivacious life. He's Chris Gale, the businessman with his, with his, um, with his restaurants and uh, and his and his clothing ranges, etc., and and it, you know, and he's very successful and is a brilliant ambassador and is um, you know for Jamaica. You know, you go into his bar, he's always in, he's always saying hello to everybody. He's got time for everybody, pictures and signatures, and um, you know, looking after people with birthday cakes and certain events and all that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, but then when it comes to game time, then he switches on, and you know, a different man who who who's a, who's a winner. And his record is unbelievable in in white ball cricket, absolutely incredible. And he hits the ball, he hits the cricket ball harder and further than I've ever known anybody. Andre Russell comes close to Chris, but when Chris is in full flow and hitting the ball hard, 
you know, the nearest thing is like a golf ball coming off a golf club compared to when I actually, I actually fear for people when, when Chris is batting. I fear for him hitting it back at the bowler or the umpire or close fielders because, you know, it hits it so hard. It is, you have to see it in real life to believe it. It's, it, it's so powerful. Did you as coach ever have to call him out or disagree with him on anything? Because I'm not sure I would. I think that's, that's probably why I'm not a coach. But, uh, um, you know, he, he, he's such a, <laughs> such a larger-than-life figure and so kind of famous in cricket. I think I'd just probably let him get away with it. Um, yeah, listen, senior players like that who, who have been around the game, they know it, They know their jobs. They know what it takes. They know what they've got to do. Um, and that's part of the team. You know, Chris enjoys being in part of the team. He's the same guy. You know, he's pretty consistent as a blog. Yes, you, you've got to, you know, I think it's healthy to disagree at times because then you get to the right answer. There's a few times we've disagreed, but that's, that's, that's part of the gig. Um, you know, you've got, I know Chris doesn't like having too many meetings. He's not a huge meeting man. He's done all his preparation, his mindset beforehand. Uh, but you know, then you've got other guys who are, you know, who are very systematic and analytical and, uh, and who want to have that sort of perfectionist attitude of, of preparation. So. You know, you've got Sangakara who wants to see the slow ball from each angle, from front on, from the back on. When does he ball it? What time does he ball it? Does he ball it outside off stump? Does he ball it straight? Those guys would have a meeting for an hour and a half if they could, uh, where Chris is done, five minutes is done. So <laughs> you have to prepare for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, a team, you know, we do, not certainly in the Caribbean Premier League, but in county cricket, you know, we do a lot of profiling, personal profiling. We look at the way people act, where people interact, the people's goals, people's how they are, and, and we and, and we try and um, cater for every need so that the ship, you know, keeps sailing well, and um, you know we're we're all aligned, and, and that's how it, and that's the important thing. So, you know, we've got to keep we've got to keep it all stable and consistent, and uh, so then we can be you know, driving the game, our games forward. So, yeah, it's a great challenge. Um, and, and you know, there's a lot of different characters in the in the pot which you need. There's a lot of different pieces in that jigsaw you've got to get right. So you don't get them all right, but as long as you get the majority right, then uh, you're going to be successful. The very few people in the world could get away with calling themselves the universe boss, but he seems to seem to do that, doesn't he? And that <laughs> kind of it's just because he's a bit larger than life. I think that's the persona he's got, isn't it? Let's let's finish off by by talking about Leicestershire. Obviously, white ball cricket. I mean, you've been involved in in their success in white ball cricket before, but the the one-day arena, always competitive. Red Bull, not quite so much so. I guess that's the challenge you have, isn't it, to try and restore the four-day side of things? Yeah, I think Andrew McDonald, a, coach, a couple of coaches before me, went with a slightly more older squad to maybe have, have success quite quickly. In effect, I've, got, I've had a lot of those older players who were probably just past their best, who I didn't think particularly were outstanding pros some, some of them were but there's, there's, there's quite a few who, who who I think were not working hard enough on their fitness not not not, not giving enough to to the, to the to the team in their off seasons and you know we we have to we had to we had to go through um, you know we had to we had, we had a lot I had a lot of players who were already under contract from 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 previous regimes so um, you know, we are trying to build a culture now. We want to be, you know, we're the hardest working, most caring cricket environment. Our guys work hard physically. We want to be one of the fittest teams in the country, which makes you resilient, which makes you mentally strong, you're competitive. And um, that's what we want to be. Yes, we've 
we were really competitive last year in T20 cricket. Unfortunately, we weren't allowed to have any through financial um, constraints. We weren't allowed to have any overseas professionals in T20. Last year, we were two games away from being the quarterfinal. If we if we beat Lancashire, which we lost by about four or five runs at Old Trafford, and uh, we we lost to Derbyshire, where we should, again that we should have won, um, then we'd have been in the quarterfinals. Um, and for a bunch of young lads with a couple of senior players was was a great effort. And I think that you know, if you if I look back at, at the game against Lancashire, if we if we have Maxwell and Faulkner in our team and, and we give them a couple of young lads, then I think the game could have been very different and the, and it would be very different. But um, so yeah, you know, our finance are in a better place now. That will help our squad. It is a squad, it's a squad game over a county season. It's a marathon season. And um, you know it's important that we are competitive, even though the, the board and our and our priority is more white ball success uh, earlier. But you know, I was only talking to a past chairman this morning, and um, you know we have to be competitive in, in in red ball cricket because when you're doing well in red ball cricket, you can take momentum into white ball, and um, you know red ball cricket, you know it's it's four days a week, so it's very difficult for lifting spirits just to do. Four, four poor days a week just to play one brilliant day of white ball cricket, you know. So get the vibe right, get the get the get our community right, and uh, who knows where you can go as long as everybody's in the right direction, everybody's giving enough and working hard for the team. Then um, you know we can keep daring to dream. I, I mentioned Mark Cosgrove. He spoke very passionately about um, Leicestershire. Really, I think he enjoys coming to Grace Road and playing um, for Leicestershire. But he said one of the one of the things that frustrates him is is losing players. You know, the likes of um, Nottinghamshire and some of the other counties come in and, and poach your good ones, don't they? At times, and that's been a bit happened quite regularly over the last sort of five or six years, probably even longer than that. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. Do, how do you stop that happening? How do you keep those guys at, your, at Grace Road rather than them going off and playing at some of the bigger Test match grounds? Is it possible to? Well, we depend. It's all about attitude. You know, we we see it. Um, yeah, listen, it hurts because you know we've for the lights of you know over the years. You know, we've lost a lot of really good players that have been through Leicestershire from Luke Wrights uh, many years ago. Darren Stevens has gone away and done well. Darren Maddy at the end towards the end of his career left. I went to Kent for a, for three years. You know, Chris Lewis moved on to Notts and to Surrey. Um, a few years ago, Alan Mullally left, went to Hampshire. You know, latterly, Harry Gurney, James Taylor, Stuart Broad, Zach Chappell recently. But, you know, it, it's tough to compete with uh, financially with the with the Test Match grounds. They've got, you know, bigger venues, bigger arenas, uh, more bums on seats, more sponsorship. So, you know, you get that. Um, but for me, if we... We, I want us to be the table at the wedding that everybody wants to sit on. And I think that if you do things well off the field, um, your board and your um, CEO and everybody's aligned with the, with the, with the right vision. Um, and it's got to be, you know, and, and things take time. It's got to be, a, a, you know, a five to ten year vision. I think you can create it and you can, and you can create people to stay because if, you, if you're creating enough money within the club, then you can afford to pay wages and be competitive com- compared to the big clubs. And that's exactly what we want to be. So, um, you know, it's up to us to try and keep our players. But if we're not bringing those funds in and it doesn't happen and we're not successful on the field, then, you know, I've got no grievance when guys go at the right time. 
if people go at the wrong time and you know I told Zach Chapel I felt it was the wrong time for him to go we've got a young lad at the moment Tommy Taylor who's a good young talent who who in time at the right time if he wants to be ambitious and move on when he knows his game when he's fully settled and he knows his game inside out that because when you go to a new club it's more pressure um, to, you know, you're going for big money you're expected to be a match winner so there's other pressures come with that so those guys have to be ready to go at the right time and and some are and some aren't and it's very easy thinking about the pound note at the end of the day but actually sometimes it can be detrimental to you and your game and your longevity in the game so yeah it's, it's a real balance and, and it's just guys have got to make sure they do the right thing at the right time and as long as for us if we're producing players that go on and play for England then, then we're happy because you know we earn money from that as a club. We still earn money now from Stuart Broad playing for England. And, and um, you know, anybody who played for England, James Taylor was playing for England and had been to our academy, uh, then, you know, you want to produce England players because you get good funds back from that as well. So, um, you know, we see that as part of our strategy is to produce players. And if they move on, then, then so be it. But, you know, hopefully in a couple of years, when we are really successful with our, uh, our marketing team and everybody's, you know, led well and we're aligned and, and, and we're winning on the pitch. Sponsorship comes in, you know, people want to be involved with Leicester County Career Club, then, you know, guys will want to stay. So it's it's up to us all within our club to make sure that we, we keep our good people. Last question, Paul Nixon, because I've just realised how long I've kept you on the telephone today and I appreciate your time and, it, and it's been good to talk to you. It's been an interesting chat. But um, you've mentioned finances a, a, a couple of times there. Um, obviously, COVID-19, zip, pretty much zero income coming in um, to the county game. A lot of people, when they talk about county cricket, a lot of people, not myself, I love 18 counties, but a lot of people say, well, it should be 10 or 12 counties. Leicestershire is often the one that people cite as being disposable. Oh, we don't need Leicestershire and, and the North Hanses in the game because they're lost leaders and they're, they're small counties and Leicestershire always finish bottom of the championship. What would be your response to that? And, and can Leicestershire get through this um, season? If we don't get any cricket at all, if there's no blast or anything like that, are Leicestershire going to be okay for going into 2021? Yeah, Leicestershire, I, I would argue that Leicestershire have done as much for, for English cricket as any county in the country over the last um, 10, 15 years. That's always my response producers. as well. Every, every, yeah. I always say every <laughs> one of the 18 counties in their own way has played their part in the rich fabric of county cricket. Every single one of them have produced England players. Oh, they, no they've, all, they've all had their moments, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we've, you know, we pride ourselves in that. We've, we've, you know, we're still the most successful T20 team in England. You know, we've got, we've won three trophies. I don't think anybody else has done that. You know, we're, we're, we're in a good place. We're financially in one of the best places we've been. We've got our shipping order last year, which was great. Um, after a couple of years of probably spending too much, uh, looking back, um, and now moving forwards, we're in a really stable place. And, um, We've got a, a new board who are really determined to take the club to a new level. Uh, we've got new exciting initiatives happening. The Foxes 50, for instance. So we've got 50 companies who are given five grand uh, as, a, as a sponsorship package, uh, which is going really well. Um, we've had members who are really keen not to give money back. They want to support the club, which is fantastic. Um, and... You know, we we as a club are, are, are financially in a really good place. So um, it's it's you know there is tougher times. We are now 
players. We've looked after our players the first few weeks with 100% money being furloughed. Now we're just tearing that down to 90%. Um, we, we, you know, we, we're saving uh, a bit of money there. But um, yeah, we're we're confident that we're going to be in a good place. You know, we'll, you know, at the end of the year, if nothing happened, then we'd make would make a loss. Of course, it would because there's no revenues coming in. It could be around who knows. The accounts will know more than me, but it could be around four or five hundred thousand. Um, but compared to a, a Lancashire or the big boys, that'll be several million. Mm. So, you know, for us to get back five hundred thousand, four or five hundred thousand, two or three concerts done well, we we might not be a million miles away. So, you know, it, it's it's you know, yes, it is challenging times, but there's a lot more businesses who are under a lot more pressure than we are right now, and. You know, there's people on the front line working to save people's lives as we're chatting, and and that's you know, and and they're having a tougher time than we are. So we we are fortunate for where we are. We just want to go out and and entertain and do well and and uh, put Leicester Cricket back on the map as we uh, you know back properly on the map and um, in the forefront of people's imaginations and mindsets. And you know, let's see where we can take it. We've got some good people who are all working their socks off now to make it happen. Um, some good protocols in place and um, you know we, we've got to keep driving our club forward and being forceful in our messages Well I wish you all the best with that when I've been listening to your answers I've been thinking well if I was a Leicestershire fan I'd actually be quite uh, quite pleased with what he's saying here it sounded, it sounded, it sounded good and hopefully it comes uh, comes true and you're on the map and have plenty of success in the future Paul Nixon it's been a joy to talk to you today thank you Thank you It's that Badger style Thanks very much to Paul Nixon. Wish him and indeed all of the 18 counties in England every success as we try and deal with the COVID-19 situation. Social distancing, as we say, is going to be around for some time. It's going to make it very, very hard for sporting clubs in, in every sport. But there does seem to be a little bit of a chink of light now at the end of the tunnel. It's just been a a flipping long tunnel. But hopefully we will see cricket in England. Maybe not as we wanted to. Maybe not as we know it. We might see the sport returning to our TV screens at Stum Stage during the second part of this English summer. Thanks to TV Sports Blog for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. Give them a follow on Twitter at TV Sports Blog. And let's keep our fingers crossed that we might get some live cricket coming to our airwaves very, very soon indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like and subscribe. Leave a nice comment about the Cricket Badger podcast. Thank you very much for all of the downloads and all of the listens that you've given the podcast over the last few weeks. Stay tuned. Plenty more guests to come as well. Stay safe. Look after each other. I've been James, and I'll see you next time on the Cricket Badger podcast. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.